Hello, and welcome to the Africa Legal Podcast series. My name is Carol Campbell, and today I'm speaking to Paris Shah, a partner in Bauman's Nairobi office. Paris heads the M&A and projects team and is one of the leading corporate and commercial lawyers in Kenya. He's a lawyer I've been wanting to speak to for some time, and it's a great privilege to be able to connect today. Welcome, Paris. At last, we have our interview. Carol, good afternoon. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be on here. Now, how have you all been adapting over the last six weeks? Um, you know, Carol, it's been it's been a very interesting uh, last few six weeks. First, I think I should just say that we're all very grateful uh, for, for a number of things. One, that we are safe. Mm. Uh, by and large, uh, no one uh, that is in our immediate vicinity here uh, professionally and personally has been um, a victim of the virus. Uh, so we're very grateful for that. Um, we're also very grateful that we've actually managed to continue uh, working, uh, uh, albeit in different circumstances. There are many businesses, uh, certainly in Kenya and around the world, who have come to a grinding halt and are facing uh, far more difficulty. Uh, so I think that our first thing is, is that we, we, you know, we've got immense gratitude uh, for, for what, what, what we're doing now. But um, just in terms of how we've uh, managed, I think we've been through, like many people in the world, um, a bit of a uh, initial, I would say, mm-hmm. show uh, the first week or two was was quite uh, uh, startling for all of us in terms of adapting to the new way of working. For some of us in the leadership uh, positions, was a huge amount of work in those first two three weeks to to kind of steer the ship in the right direction and to get people all uh, all, all set up and things like that. Uh, and after that, uh, after the first two three weeks of March. Uh, 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 we we have kind of got into a rhythm, I think. Um, and as I was saying to someone uh, just yesterday, I think I'm kind of, I feel like I'm a little bit more productive working uh, remotely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm feeling a lot more relaxed. I think I'm putting in more hours, but I'm more relaxed. Uh, and I, it's a bit of a paradox that, uh, but it, it kind of makes sense. Um, and then the last thing I'd say, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of now getting into the phase of looking into the future and, and how this is going to change things in the medium term, in the long term and how we're going to adapt to that, uh, again, both personally and professionally. Uh, and that it, it's a really interesting journey that we have done, uh, gone through in the last couple of months, and I think we've kind of done what we would probably take, do over five years. Uh, we've done in two months. Um, so, so uh, uh, you know, to summarize, I think we've adapted quite well, uh, but it's been um, mm-hmm. completely out of circumstance, not choice. So, Paris, is it too early to ask if you can share any of the lessons that you've learned? Um, no, no, not at all. And I'd be happy to. I think, look, I mean, let me break it down into the, the, the immediate, the, the medium and the long um, in terms of what, we, what we've done and what I've learned. Um, the first thing, on, you know, kind of when, 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 when this first hit us here in Africa, and it, and it was a similar time for all our offices, all our five offices, um, uh, in, 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 in mid-March. Uh, our initial uh, uh, lesson to learn was um, we kind of just somehow got together, uh, formed a, a very strong leadership committee consisting of, of partners, business services heads, and other operational uh, uh, people. Uh, and, and initially, we were meeting almost twice daily, uh, and then it became daily, but we really put in a lot of urgent work into, into, into getting set um, uh, and moving. And, and the lesson to learn there was, was really leadership in crisis and how we managed to marshal the right people together 
um, in, in, in under, under very good, calm leadership, um, where no one really panicked, but we just got on with it and, 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 and moved on. The, what I've seen in other organizations uh, is that there some sometimes panic sets in, which can lead to two two things: you starting to doing too much, too fast, uh, and and making wrong decisions, or actually doing nothing, and you're kind of in a paralysis. Uh, fortunately for us, I think the lesson we learned was that under kind of a calm environment, we managed to do quite a lot in that first phase of keeping our people safe, our operations running. Uh, moving people very quickly to remote access and, and, and remote working and so on. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that really was, was a great lesson that no, no, no uh, theory will, will really prepare you for as much as you might read about these things. So, so that was the first thing. Um, then kind of moving on, I think that the second lesson I've learned is how uh, our people uh, really, really look for uh, comfort in, in different ways. And one of the things that they look for is really communications. And they just want to know that there are people there who are looking out for them, uh, even though they're not physically with them. And for us, it was very important to get that communication out very regularly. Initially, it was almost daily. <clears throat> and then it's become a little less irregular. Um, but people really just needed comfort. And this is right down to, to, to the people working in our kitchen all the way up to our partners. Uh, across all spectrums, that we we kept a, a single communication line, sending the same message out, um, um, and and that message was one of, uh, we're here for you. The the ship is not sinking, and 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 you know we're going to do everything we yeah. can to keep your lives normal and safe. Uh, so that's communications was a key lesson for me that that you know how important that is. That the right communication it has to be succinct, it has to be clear, and it has to be comforting. The two points that you pick up, leadership and communication, I mean, these really transcend any organization or government. They're so key and yet so often overlooked. Yeah. And um, yeah, look, so so the communication has carried on. The leadership team has carried on. We, we, you know, we've really settled into a good rhythm and, and we're looking at different aspects now. We then kind of moved into uh, our business um, and, and, you know, how are we going to communicate to our clients? How are we going to operate? How are we going to keep delivering excellent legal services that we, we do normally? And um, very quickly, uh, partly because uh, I think, like many good law firms, we had invested very heavily um, in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our systems, in our technology systems, that we were able to, to adapt and, and get pretty much 100% of our people working remotely within 24 to 36 hours uh, with the full hardware and software behind them uh, and, and, and having the help desks to help them set up and so on and so forth. So we, we got that up and running very quickly. We then started very quickly with um, uh, contacting our clients and, and, and keeping that communication alive. And we took a very conscious decision that now is the time to be, to be, to be for our clients, uh, one, uh, a shoulder to cry on, so to speak, so that there was an open line for our clients just to kind of bounce things off and just get good ideas from us. But at the same time, we, we, we wanted to make sure that we were right on top of the, the huge um, 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 floodgate of uh, legislation and regulations and all sorts of stuff that was coming out of each jurisdiction that we operate yeah. in. And to keep our clients kind of, uh, you know, aware of that, um, uh, um, uh, but at the same time, not overwhelm them uh, with, with, what, with, with, with the information. So we, we, we managed to, to navigate that and get that going uh, in a week. And, our, you know, our business development teams, our knowledge teams were, were absolutely spectacular in, in helping us get that. Uh, 
so so then we got our client communications and everything right. And again, the lesson to learn there was, you know, not to overwhelm your clients, but to make sure that you're there at the right point of contact and they know that you're there for them. And, and that's worked really well for us. Um, uh, we 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 also at this time and particularly you know living in a in a, in, a, in in rather poor countries uh, compared to 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 to, to the West um, and Asia and so on, uh, we were very aware of the communities around us um, and, and the suffering yes. people going through, uh, which was not necessarily because of the health risk posed by the virus, but it was because of the economic uh, impact mm. that was coming of the virus. And and quite frankly, in Africa, I think, you know, my, my personal view is that the economic uh, uh, effect of this is far more brutal than the actual health effect of this. Um, and we're talking about millions of people who are destitute. And we were, you know, we, 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 we ensured that A, our people know that we are there for the communities and B, we took very active steps in helping our communities around us. And whether that was by way of donating our time or spending our time on certain projects or actually giving financial and other contributions uh, to, to very many uh, projects that we're, we're involved in. Uh, and I think that we continue to do and, and you know, there's never enough of that in, in this part of the world, unfortunately. Um, we, we coupled with that in terms of, you know, our, our, our responsibility as citizens, we very actively engaged in all our countries with our governments and our regulators and our authorities to see where they, we can assist uh, in terms of uh, helping uh, the authorities navigate through this crisis as well. So we've, in South Africa, we're part of a leadership team which actively engages with government. Um, our chairman is chairing one of those committees and helping in legislation and regulations and things like that. Similarly, in Kenya, we've engaged very deeply with our authorities to see where we can help in in drafting legislation, you know, kind of interpreting stuff and helping helping the government, etc. So, we, you know, we're, we're very much involved in that. And we also set up for our our colleagues in the profession, uh, you know, one of the first things I did on, on, on day one was to set up uh, a team of all our, our competitors in, in Nairobi, where we, we started talking very regularly about how all of us are approaching the pro- problems and to learn from each other. Uh, at this point in, you know, in, in a crisis, there are no competitors. Everyone is your friend and we're all helping each other. And that's worked out really well. Uh, that's kind of morphed into a more lobbying group type of thing. Uh, which is helping our practice uh, for the profession as well. So a lot of community stuff that we very quickly got on top of. And, and the lesson I learned there is is one of humility and, and and you know everyone got together. You know, leading lawyers all all helping each other. And you know, it was fantastic to see those kind of efforts. And and you know, competitors were working together. And it was just really really good to see all that. Um, yeah. So that was the kind of first few weeks. Sure. It really is a new normal. I mean, law firms are usually so competitive for business, and to hear that competitors are actually working together, working with government, it really does make one think that there can be good to come out of this huge disaster that's come over us. Um, How have you been coping on a personal level? You know, I think, first of all, I think I'm kind of busier than I ever was, which which is a good thing, so very active. But there are so many silver linings to this. One, as I said earlier, I feel a little bit more relaxed um, uh, working the way I'm working. Um, I think I'm spending a lot more time with, with my family. All of us are, are, are all at home. Uh, the children are working online um, in their school. Um, and, and we're having, you know, conversations over, 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 over meals and things, which we didn't really have as much of before. It's, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm spending more time out, you know, 
exercising and, and things like that because you kind of have that spare commute time that you're not using and, 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 and you know, finishing your work a little bit more efficiency. So, you know, that's that's been fantastic. Um, Paris, in terms of your work and the, the, your well, focus I mean, on M&A, exactly. has there been any movement in actual work work or is it mainly reactive stuff to COVID? Uh, or uh, do you see that, do you sense that it's starting to transition back to to business no. as usual again? Uh Look, on the M&A side, I think definitely there's been a slowdown in, in our work um, uh, as people kind of wait and see what to do. A lot of our projects actually got stopped. A lot of our transactions got kind of stopped midway while people realigned themselves uh, on values and, and lots of other things. But we quickly retooled and started working on other areas of restructuring and helping clients with other issues. So we've been busy, but uh, not, not on our M&A side. Um, uh, however, I think... Uh, that that is temporary, and we 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 we're already seeing interest now on, on deals coming through as as people kind of look at getting back to work. Where where we're actually, I think we're seeing a, a that there's probably going to be a, a, a fair amount of deals that will happen uh, in the second half of this year as people's kind of valuations and, and things go down and more opportunity arises for investment. So yes, there's been a slowdown in, in my my particular side of work, but uh, the firm in general has coped quite well with other areas of work to compensate for that. And beyond COVID, do you see blue skies ahead? I'm an optimist. I, I very much do, actually. Uh-huh. I think, uh, I think uh, if you break it down into many levels, I think the first thing is that we, uh, we, 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 we see a new cost base coming for our businesses where we've realized that a lot of money that we're spending on various things is uh, not necessarily going to be spent uh, the way we did. So we're going to see efficiencies emerging, uh, both in terms of costs and time. Uh, one obvious one is travel time. Um, uh, we've just finished our annual uh, partner remuneration review exercise, which normally takes three months or two, two to three months. We have a very elaborate exercise of, of, of meetings and, and often people traveling to a central point. We've done it in three weeks remotely, and it's worked beautifully. Um, uh, We've, 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 we've not traveled for business development purposes to attend conferences. You know, I see that whole world changing. I think the world of conferencing is going to change drastically going forward. Um, yes. There will obviously be some, some conferences, but I think they're going to be different uh, and, and, and all that. Uh, I see our physical way of working changing. I think the level of trust, particularly in this part of the world, you know, we're not quite uh, adapted to agile working as, as you might be in the States or in Europe. Um, yeah. uh, behind a curve on that, but I think we've really leapt ahead and that element of trust in our people to work remotely uh, without physical supervision is, is you know, is, 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 is inbuilt now and, and it's going to change the way we work uh, going forward um, uh, and allow our people, trust our people to do what they're doing. Our faith in technology is something that uh, for those who are skeptics is now, you know, completely uh, changed <laughs> and, and we're going to be investing a lot more in that. Uh, and I think new areas of work. I mean, I think it's going to be an exciting time of being a little bit more generalist than specialist. I, I see that happening uh, in certain certain parts of the world uh, where we clearly had to adapt to different uh, areas of work as well. Um, uh, and I think that's positive. I think it's good for young lawyers. Um, uh, and, you know, there's lots of positives on a personal level. You know, the way I look at life, the way we, we kind of see what's important in our life is changing very quickly. Uh, and I think a lot of it is for the better. You become a little bit more uh, 
uh, you understand what's important and what's not important in life, um, etc. I think our so true. Uh, and, and and the way we look at our communities is different as well. I mean, this one thing this virus has taught us is uh, when no one is immune, uh, no matter where you're from and who you are. Um, and, and you know that's really important to know. So I, I'm very optimistic that things are going to get very different for the better, and and hopefully the world will be, will be better. I mean, you know, you know, kind of on a physical point, uh, just smell the air and it's different. <laughs> so, so that's a plus point. So true, Paris. You know, for so long we've just accepted the way things are and and try to fit our lives in and around work. And this has taught us all so many lessons that we can merge them and make ourselves on a personal level much more efficient and maybe have it all, have have a, a balanced family life and a, and a fulfilled career. So it is it, it, it certainly is something that uh, uh, one would, would say is a, a blue sky moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any steps that you would like to see Kenya take to ensure uh, an, op- an economic upturn post-COVID? So, uh, I mean, let me just give a bit of background. I think the way our countries handle this um, has been slightly different from many of our neighboring countries here. We, we, our, our government realized that with the kind of population that we have, a lot of people are you know, living on the poverty line, are casual workers yeah. and so on. It would be impossible to lock the city down. How do you lock down an informal settlement? Uh, we we, mm. we have some of those the biggest ones in Africa and here in Kenya, and it's just virtually impossible to ask someone who is living ten people in a, in, a, in a ten by ten room to socially distance. So impossible, what they did yeah. was was actually a lot of civic education. Um, we imposed night curfews, but during the day people were allowed to go out and about their business. And there's been some mm. restrictions, but by and large, uh, that 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 has worked. And if you look at our figures, uh, which which I have no doubt to uh, no reason to doubt. Uh, it has worked in the sense that the spread hasn't been as much as we thought it would be, um, um, and, and and our health facilities haven't been overwhelmed as much as we thought it would be. So the way that the government has handled it, I think, from a health point of view, has been quite interesting, and I think has probably worked out with hindsight, and and and, and they've done well in the circumstances with limited resources. Now, the economic impact of this on our country is 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 is, is huge. I mean, we were already living. You know, with a fairly fragile economy pre-COVID, um, both here in Kenya and in our big, big jurisdiction, South Africa as well, for moments, as well as some of our other offices as well. You know, we are weak economies to start with. So the impact of this is just going to be absolutely crazy on the economy. And um, you know, whilst the West can, Western governments can can print money and and have trillion dollar stimulus package, <laughs> we just don't have the luxury of doing that here. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to rely heavily on on uh, debt relief, I think. Uh, what the government has done is, uh, one, one, one thing that's very positive is, is, is ask for a lot of assistance from the private sector, and we see that working very well, where the government has brought on board leaders from the private sector to help um, uh, economic stimulus committees and things like that. And I think that's a positive, that we might see efficiencies coming out, we might see the politics of Africa changing. Uh, 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 you know, Dare I say, we might see less corruption in countries like ours, yeah. This crisis, and 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 that might work well, but in you know to be honest, in the short term, it's going to be absolute devastation of our economy. Uh, we, we we don't really know what's going to happen, but uh, uh, you know on the plus side, I think you know fortunately Kenya is a technologically savvy country more than many in the world, uh, mm. and I think that that might work in our favor. Um, let's see. I mean, it's really too early to tell what will happen. I think our government is trying as much as it possibly can. Uh, 
you know, no one really knows where, where this will go. Just to touch on something that you mentioned there uh, and to draw in what you said earlier about leadership, do you think this is a time for people across the continent to start looking at who they want as leaders and that uh, maybe it's where they have got a dem- democracy to make considered choices about the, the type of leadership that they want to run the country? Will, will there be that kind of change, do you think? Um, as much as I'd like to say yes, uh, I'm afraid uh, uh, it might not be as quick as I'd like it to be because there's a simple reason for this. Uh, this crisis is going to push more people into poverty than, than we've ever had in our, certainly in our lifetime. Yeah. And when that happens, uh, what happens is people become desperate. Uh, people's education levels are affected. And yeah. fortunately, this is where democracy can be questioned because in a country like ours or in many African countries, uh, votes uh, are, are sold effectively. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think that's where the damage is going to be as much as we'd like the politics to change and, and people might want different kind of leaders. Uh, at the same time, people can be manipulated more easily when they are desperate. So I unfortunately am not that optimistic about leadership political leadership change um, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but let's see Let, let's see where that goes um, we might be forced into good leaders coming out because just because it is but I, I I'm, not, I'm not certain that will happen immediately um, Paris for the investor looking I mean there, there will be opportunities surely after this and Africa has always been seen as a place of opportunity uh, do you see that happening? that people will start looking around thinking, wait, this, this could actually be meaningful. I, I, absolutely. I, 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 I think so. Um, uh, what, what, what was happening in Africa? One, there was actually uh, uh, the volume of deals or opportunities wasn't that much. So there was a lot of people running after a few targets. Um, ah. That probably has changed a little bit, but still you know, remains the case. But the main thing that was a problem for African uh, investment was the time it took from the time you looked at a target to completing a deal. And it was an extremely mm. long time, you know, you know, two, three times the average in, in other countries or other parts of the world. I think that will shorten now as authorities, regulators and players become uh, more nimble and more agile and quicker uh, at doing deals. So I think that will be um, something that will help. Uh, the other thing that will help a lot is um, uh, is is valuations? Uh, I think we there were because of the excitement of Africa um, in in the last few years. I think valuations had gone kind of out of kilter a bit. I think this would reset that and and bring back yeah. um, uh, realistic valuations and opportunities for the West. The other thing, of course, is that uh, um, um, you, you know we've got negative interest rates in the West, negative returns, uh, and that's where we might have a slight competitive advantage. Uh, as well. Ah, great place to put your money because you know it'll grow. Exactly. Uh, do you tell us a little about Bauman's plans. Uh, we know that the firm started on its pan-African expansion and strategy w- over a decade ago. How far has this come? Um, look, uh, uh, yes, uh, we're still very much uh, on that trajectory of having a, uh, a strategic African footprint. Uh, you will have seen last year we opened uh, two offices, one in Mauritius uh, and an alliance firm in Ethiopia. Um, um, actually, uh, we are on uh, on track 
to open uh, possibly two more offices in the, in, in the very near future. Uh, you might hear, hear about that in, 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 the, in the next uh, few, uh, imminently. Um, and we're being very strategic about this. We're, we're looking at jurisdictions that we see our, our clients wanting to be in, our clients wanting us to be in. And uh, we, we see that going well. Um, uh, we, 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 we hope to be uh, covering at least, uh, you know, we, we're well covered in East Africa. We're, we're obviously very well covered in South Africa, but not fully in Southern Africa. We, we have a gap in West Africa, which, we, yeah. which we're working very hard on. Uh, and, and, and we're looking at expanding into kind of the Central African region as well. So you'll certainly be hearing about uh, more about that in the next, uh, uh, well, very, very imminently. We're very much on track. This crisis is, in fact, focusing us a lot more uh, on that trajectory. Uh, what I can also tell you is that our latest offerings between Mauritius and Ethiopia have been extremely successful um, uh, in the short space of time that they've been in the family. Uh, and, we're, and, and we're very happy to see that and, and, and using that as a blueprint uh, for our future expansion. Gosh, that is very exciting to hear and certainly plenty of opportunities for good articles for Africa Legal based on what you've just said. Paris, Absolutely. it was lovely to speak to you today. Um, thank you for giving us this uh, Kenyan perspective on the issues that are facing the globe. To our followers, you've been listening to a conversation with Paris Shah, a partner in Bauman's Nairobi office, speaking to me, Carol Campbell at Africa Legal. To suggest guests or for more information about Africa Legal, contact us through our social media channels or by email. Until next time, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Africa Legal podcast series. Yeah.